What's good, party people? This is Voodoo in the Woods. I'm according to Woods, and he is former U of MMA champion, Pius Inola Lobo, better known as Voodoo Maximus. And uh, UFC 270 is upon us. At the time of this very recording, it will be less than 24 hours away. Actually, 24 hours from right now, we should mm-hmm. be essentially getting into, if not the, the main event, at the very least, the co-main event. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Uh, good to see you, my friend. Ada Day Woods. Hey, Ada Day Eight Plus Woods. <laughs> That's. Eight plus. I mean, I, I'm I'm going into like uh, minor psychosis, <laughs> but uh, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. But uh, man, we it, it's it's crazy because I didn't think about this until we actually, you know kind of got back into it, but we essentially have the highest men's weight class in the UFC as well as the highest or the lowest weight class in the flyweight, right? Mm -hmm. Heavyweight and flyweight. So it's Mm -hmm. just a a weird kind of cool snazzy thing or whatever. So we're going to get into it. Um, As just before we got on the air, uh, Voodoo basically... uh, you know, uh, let me know that one of the fights essentially had fallen off, and what fight would that be? Uh, Ilya Topuria versus Charles Jordan fell off, and also Jacob Malkoon and AJ Dobson fell out as well. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's I all mean, good. Still, I'm still a, a pretty fascinating card, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um but in the instance of uh, Tuporia, that was a weight cut issue, right? Yep, yep, yep. So I think we also we also lost Warley Alves and Jack Della Madalena. Wow, yeah, because yeah, that that was actually at the weigh-ins. So since mm-hmm. the weigh-ins, and not just like the weigh-ins, weigh-ins, the, the official weigh-ins, but the the show weigh-ins, right in front mm-hmm. of all the people or whatever. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was something that Joe Rogan was like, yeah. Della Madonna, or whatever his face mm-hmm. was, you know. So, um, yeah, but still a pretty good card. You know, we didn't have the top two, so as long as we have our title fights, no disrespect to anybody else on the card. But I mean, <laughs> I think that's, that's that's essentially if you're paying a hundred dollars for this damn pay per view, you want <laughs> you want those two fights. Most definitely, man. That's really what we want to see—the championship matches. The, the the peak, the tip of the spear. Everything else is appetizer. Oh. You know what I mean? Everything else is an appetizer. Like we're a talking about the, <laughs> we're talking like about a blooming onion. Event. Like yep, a yep. bloom like a blooming onion at Outback Steakhouse. Like a, <laughs> a Parmesan cheese stick at at the damn Buca de Pepo. Right? <laughs> it's the garlic bread. The shit is garlic bread. Sorry guys. <laughs> And girls, your fancy garlic bread. Uh, but uh, no, so I guess we get started with a little bit of a Southern Calif- uh, California flavor. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, this card is actually taking place at the Honda Center in Anaheim, California. Um, and we have a Orange County native and staple and Vicka veteran, Kay Hansen, uh, seven and four, right? Uh, she came in. Unfortunately, lost her UFC debut, right, mm-hmm. to Corey McKenna. But uh, 
Actually, that wasn't her UFC debut. What the hell am I? No, no. She actually beat former Invicta champion Jin Yun Frey in her right. with the inverted triangle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That was in her debut and then lost mm-hmm. Corey McKenna uh, just in November of last year, right? Mm-hmm. So um, b- before, and then on the other side of the docket, we have Jasmine Judas of Vicious. That's what mm-hmm. I got. Uh, yeah. So Judas, like the the Fozzie song that Chris Jericho comes out to AEW, right? Judas, mm-hmm. right? I'm sure there's a biblical deal in there, but I know it as Judas, uh, the Chris Jericho theme song, sung by Fozzie, which Jericho happens to be the lead singer of, right? And mm-hmm. Sid Vicious, right? Whether it be mm-hmm. Sex Pistols or the ruler of the world, right? I got half the brain that you do, <laughs> right? Uh, I am the man. Yes. Yeah. The world. world. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Hey, hey, but but with this particular matchup, I flip your coin, man. I'll take Jasmine. You you got Jasmine? Okay. All right, Aladdin. Okay. (laughs) All right, Aladdin. I got you. And hey, you're back and better than ever, says Mick Mac. With the Eric Bischoff uh, logo, I dig it. Uh, and if you didn't know, we didn't go last week with after 83 weeks, the gag, George Ramoka, Steve Kaufman, Chrissy Olsen, and WWE Hall of Famer Eric Bischoff because another WWE Hall of Famer decided to go live. And that guy is former 16-time Rick Flair, right? So he, went, so he went live. We didn't want to take the the heat, you know, that newbie on the scene and the live scene. So we will be back next week. Uh, we let Flair have his uh, flair, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so okay. I, I guess I got K. Hansen, right? Yeah, and uh, no I'm calling a, a Mick Max says I'm calling a double KO in that match. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> well, so Jasmine is a striker. For those who don't know. She's got, cre- I mean, pretty good hands, but also her hands kind of deject the fact that she's a purple belt. I mean, if we're talking about just jujitsu terminology, because a lot of things you heard Daniel Cormier, and the, it was the weigh-in show was absolutely funny this morning uh, because they had the you know the panel and whatever. Mm-hmm. And anytime there was a grappler, whether it be jujitsu or wrestler, they gave, they had Daniel Cormier. Read the stats, and I think about fifth line. He was like, "Why the fuck you just give me wrestlers?" Like, like <laughs> yeah. I see what y'all doing. Uh, but you know, the, the the deal with Jasmine, right? Because everybody betting odds and whatever through shit I don't understand at all. Vegas odds makers. I hear people say it. I I don't know what the fuck that means. Uh, but with that all being said, they have Jasmine as a striker. Right and K as the grappler, but in jujitsu speak, it's actually Jasmine who's actually a higher belt level than K mm. in it. So I'm just, it's wild. I, I, it's gonna be know, an interesting I, matchup. It is, it mm. is. And, it's gonna be an interesting matchup. And both of them coming. I mean, uh, Jasmine, uh, she, this is her UFC debut. I mean, she mm-hmm. uh, beat Julia uh, Polastri. On the yeah. contender series, right back in September, that was a unanimous decision, mm-hmm. right? And then Kay Hansen, 
uh, basically coming off of a loss, right? So they're kind of at equal equal footing. Um, so yeah, um, I'll, I'll I'll go with Kay Hansen. It's gonna be a, a I don't see a knockout or a submission or a submission. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't see a knockout or submission. Either I'll be way, surprised. it's gonna be some kind of some type of a unanimous decision. I agree. Whoever, whoever, one of them will be dominant in this matchup. That's what I feel. One of them. There can only be one. Hundred <laughs> we'll percent. We will see. So, uh, for the record, I, he's got Jasmine. I've got Kay, and let's call the whole thing. Uh, not off because we got the next one. We have none other than the uh, former. Inaugural LFA strawweight champion Vanessa Little Monster Demopolis mm -hmm. going against a, the newcomer on the UFC scene, Silvana Gomez Juarez. Right, mm. uh, and there's a bit of a, a age difference between the two of them. Uh, Silvana mm -hmm. is actually approaching. I think. She, I mean, it says Both on Tapology she's 37. Yeah, mm -hmm. but somebody. I I, I want to say. It was MMA on point. They were like, no, she's like 39. So mm -hmm. I don't know which one is true, right? Um, but she is a veteran of the uh, not only Mexican, but also South American uh, MMA scene, you know. Um, Argentina. Argentina. Fought for uh, Combate Global, right? Invictus mm -hmm. Fighters, um, you know, UWC and Lux mm -hmm. Fighting. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen Lux Fighting. Shout out to Lux Fighting. But they have not just the most, like, in terms of, like, presentation, like, their cage looks immaculate. Their mm -hmm. belt is one of the better belts. I mean, it's way better in design than mm -hmm. one of uh, the UFCs. So mm -hmm. I, I'm going to put that right out there. So shout out to uh, that promotion, Lux Fight League. Um, mm. You could catch that on UFC Fight Pass with a lot of great content. Um, so shout out to that. As you can see, w UWC out of Mexico. Um, that is also on Fight Pass, so it's a little bit of an added value. Uh, but you would have seen one Silvana Juarez um, Gomez, uh, Gomez Juarez on either of the two shows, right? So uh, Little Monster, she is one of Jiu-Jitsu Prowse. She's a Pan Am silver medalist uh, in jiu-jitsu. I, I believe she's a brown belt, you know, but closer to a uh, black belt, ever so close, uh, closely getting her black belt. So um, I don't know. I don't know with this one. Um, yeah. Mick Max saying he's calling for a disqualification. <laughs> and how's the weather there? Uh, 30, 39 Celsius there, which I don't know. Again, American system. Sorry for my <laughs> negligence, McMack and Alex Ramirez, who is actually at uh, both the press conference and the uh, the weigh-ins. Uh, nice. Alex Ramirez, and what's going on? Oh, hey, Alex. Alex, how are you? <laughs> um, so yeah, we we are. Um, I don't know. Hey, so this we, particular we, one, this particular one, we're bound we're bound by hometown connection. So yeah. Vanessa Thermopolis is a uh, is is a pick. You know what I mean? I think so. Um, and it's and she's uh, younger. Ooh, damn! I'm not. I'm not even. Ooh, yeah. 
you have to go age discriminate. Hey, hey, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take these things into consideration. I mean, you, know? you I, I'm not going to. Youth is no. an asset. Youth is an asset, a legitimate asset. Most definitely. Yeah, I, I'm not even gonna touch that one. Um, and Demopolis is very good. Yeah, so there you go. Former um, LFA champion. Yeah, and uh, uh, Alex Ramirez giving us a little bit of insight. So, hey, so I met up with Silvana, and man, she looked good. I have Silvana. Um, so he has it. He's actually going against the kind of hometown theory. Alex Ramirez is an L.A. guy. Uh, him and his brother, proud of Los Angelinos. So that's it's crazy, but uh, all due respect. Right, so uh, what say you, Voodoo? Uh, Demopolis. Okay. And how yeah, how does she get it done, in theory? Um, this is going to go all 15 minutes, and it's yeah. going to be a split decision. I, I, I don't see a finish. Yeah, I, I, I don't either. I don't either. Um, and I almost... Okay, Vanessa's been on the podcast and what have you. I, 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 I was there, her fight right before uh, the LFA title fight, right? That was right before the pandemic and everything like that. And she had a war with, I believe, I believe it was... Um, Lupita. Lupita. No, 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 no. That was the title fight. Before that? Oh, oh no. Right, right, right. No, it was, it was Sam Page. Sam Hughes was, was the title fight, right? Uh, Lupita was after, right? But I, she, I believe it was Loveth Young. At that LFA where, yes, yeah, but she won. She won. She won, but it was, you know, interviewing her after. I kind of, you know, had to kind of lead her away from the crowd and whatever. She was so gracious to do the interview and what have you. I, you know, just putting it out there. Uh, you know, uh, Vanessa's always been, you know, very cool, amazing, but also, um, I. I like the fact, like, hey, maybe that, you know, old. I mean, she's new to MMA, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, relatively young to MMA, right? But the older in terms of age wise, I kind of would like to see like an old age outlaw fucking kick all ass. And I, I hate the. Uh, I love the matchmaking as a fan. I hate it mm-hmm. because I'm all like, ah, it's make me question a friend. What the fuck. You know, but the so thing I, is, but the, I'm the, just the thing here, the thing here is, this is worthy of a 50-50 split because yeah. uh, Sil- Silvana is ten and three. This yeah. is an accomplished yeah. fighter. This is no pushover. Yes, she's older or whatever. She does have the experience. You know what I mean? So it's gonna make for a competitive match. Both individuals have between ten and thirteen fights uh, uh, between them. So. Um, it's going to be competitive in the grappling aspect of things. Mm-hmm. I don't see excellent striking in this match. It's going to be who's a better grappler, who's a better uh, 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 put you on a fencer, who's a better smash you with elbows. Type. It's going to be something similar to this. And uh, a split decision will be the result. There we go. And Alex saying, uh, left my fucking ass off. Haha, <laughs> sorry. I was thinking with the wrong head. We like all your heads. <laughs> We like all your heads. Uh, and McMack says 104 degrees Fahrenheit. Holy shit, that's hot, good sir. Jesus Christ. It's like it can, like on Vegas vacation where fucking Cousin Eddie starts putting the grill 
Oh, and the grill is really the rocks. He puts raw <laughs> chicken on the rocks. That's 104 degrees. Uh, <laughs> fuck. That's that's really fucking vicious, right? Not yeah. not Jasmine Ju Judas Javicious uh, from the earlier fight. Uh, and she should rake her eyes from the start. I mean, it works in wrestling, right? I mean, theoretically. Rick Flair, baby. Fuck, John Jones, baby. Yeah. <laughs> fucking damn. Ah, yeah, there you go. So uh, there you go. So I think we're going a little monster, but we I, I don't think I, I'd be bad up if Solana run. I mean, I don't see a stoppage. I just don't see no. it. Uh, they they are not that deep yet in regards to experience. Not that it can't happen. I just don't see it happening. It's going to be competitive. They're going to work hard, both ladies. Um, but I don't see a finish. I see a split decision. Wow. You said you didn't see. And Mick Mac says she should rake her eyes from the start. So did somebody, <laughs> is somebody over there at Voodoo Mansion uh, raking the eyes that you can't see <laughs> a finish? I, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. Uh, but yes. On to the third fight. We have the Steamroller. Uh, mm -hmm. Not to be confused with the uh, less steamed roller? I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but Matt Frivola against Gennaro Valdez. And Gennaro mm -hmm. is a perfect 10-0, and 0, hailing from the Entram Gym in Tijuana with mm -hmm. the reigning and defending UFC flyweight champion, one assassin baby, Brandon Moreno. Mm -hmm. So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, man, Fervola, he's here. Uh, mm -hmm. And the last time we saw him, I mean, he was a steamroller. I wanted to call him the freeloader because, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, he got <laughs> KO'd by Terrence McKinney. Fuck. It was like the first punch in the, in the fucking fight, you know? Mm -hmm. And then uh, mm -hmm. lots to uh, Armin Sarukian. The last time mm -hmm. that we saw uh, Matt Fervola win was – Back in 2019 against Violent Bob Ross and Luis Pena. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's it's been a while for him. So, mm -hmm. uh, then we've got the perfect, uh, you know, Gennaro. Now, one might argue that Gennaro might not have the amount of caliber opponents as uh, one Matt Frivola, but mm -hmm. he's here. You, I mean, a fight's a fight, right? Yep. So, you know, to get 10 and 0 in anything, that's a pretty good. I don't care if it's baseball, volleyball, mm -hmm. badminton, mm -hmm. whatever, let alone people getting punched in the face or separating mm -hmm. themselves from consciousness or limbs mm -hmm. in any grappling discipline. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to take anything away from Gennaro Valdez at all. Mm -hmm. uh, but who you got? Um, it's hard to, it's hard to go against perfection. Start to go against perfection. Mafrovola is good. He's a UFC veteran. So it's, it's a tough one. But I, I, I can't see a guy that's 10 and 0 and pick against him. It's very tough for me to do so. So I'm going to go ahead and go on the limb and say Valdez will win by submission. Third round. I like it. Uh... Yeah, no, I, I like that too. Um, and Mick Mac says, has anyone ever done a figure four leg lock in the UFC? Not a leg not lock, yet. not a leg lock, 
but mm-hmm. uh, that inverted uh, triangle that uh, right. Kay Hansen did, that was mm-hmm. uh, it, like, I mean, it was a figure for headlock, but right. instead of, you know, your arms, it was actually your legs. So mm-hmm. that was a grapevine sleeper hold, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, and then in terms of the UFC, there have been Boston Crabs. That is, the Boston yes. Crab is a legitimate uh, catch wrestling move. And mm-hmm. it has been executed, and not just in the UFC, but other promotions, yep, um, yep. you know, near and far. So mm-hmm. uh, there has been quite a bit of pro wrestling in, in involved in it, you know. But uh, I mean, I you know, it's weird, right? Because before MMA and what have you, there was pro wrestling, right? If you're mm-hmm. a collegiate wrestler and you wanted to make money because the NCAA wasn't paying you, you know, being an Olympian wasn't paying you, still doesn't pay you, or whatever. Well, you went into professional wrestling to kind of right. get back in it. But imagine right. if a Corsero Vizzari, better known as the Iron Sheik, uh, a, you know, a Billy Robinson, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, Dory and Terry Funk, the Briscoe brothers, right? Uh, Jerry and Jack Briscoe had gotten mm-hmm. into fucking, you know, MMA. If MMA was a thing 20 years before and lucrative, Jesus Christ, man, the, the history would be on its head because yeah. 50 years, I mean, in the fifties, I should say, you know, you had guys like Luthez and Vern Gagne who would mm-hmm. essentially, I mean, it was shoot fights, right? Some were predetermined, mm-hmm. but what happened, how you got there was completely up to you and your opponent and, and what mm-hmm. have you. So that in itself was kind of a precursor to MMA and look no further than Minoru Suzuki, who, Basically, him and Funaki, not the WWF Funaki, but Matsukatsu mm-hmm. Funaki, created Pancrase that I literally started the careers of like guys like Gary Albright, Boz Rutten, Josh Barnett, and what have you. You know, and uh, in the case of the latter two, Rutten and Barnett, uh, who should one is a UFC Hall of Famer, one should in a War Master, and I'm not saying that because you might know the guy. But uh, mm-hmm. that is a legendary fucking career. You know, I don't care how you spin it, right? Yeah. So uh, there's that. But uh, I, I, to me, pro wrestling and uh, MMA, kind of cousins, kind of cousins, you know? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. A lot, lot of similarities there. Absolutely. But one thing you can't do, you can't escape the cage. No. The closest I think we got was... Uh, what was it Habib after Connor and then Jose Aldo in Brazil? The first time he fought in Brazil in two promotions, right? WEC and UFC. And he fucking beats the shit out of his opponent and he fucking runs into the crowd and whatever. One of the most fantastic, um, you know, fantastic moments in UFC history, right? So, uh, yeah, I'm going, I'm, I'm going Gennaro as well. I, I say. You know what? Fuck, I say third round KO because, because for Vola, we don't we don't know how his chin was. I mean, if he was able to sustain a first round KO, one of the first uh, fastest KOs in UFC history, if not the fastest, you don't I mean I mean not to say that Terrence McKinney was not powerful because he absolutely was, but that wasn't too long ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You can't mm-hmm. fucking train your chin. So I'm mm-hmm. going with Gennaro. Yeah, yeah. No arguments there, man. No arguments. Yeah. Man. Which brings us to the 135-pound uh, bantamweight division. We got Absolutely. Tony Bravely versus Salmon 
Olinheja. Now, this is a striker versus jiu-jitsu artist type match. We have the Brazilian who is very well versus jiu-jitsu. He's a former champion, Tony Gravely. Uh, 85% of his losses has been to submission, rear naked chokes or whatnot, guillotine chokes. So how's he going to fare against this fella? He does have more experience. Will his takedown defense be sufficient? This is the question Tony Gravely has to answer. Will it be sufficient? We don't know. However, Tony Gravely has more experience, uh, more UFC experience uh, uh, to add to that fact. Uh, I will be going with Tony Gravely to win this one by decision, split decision. He's gonna lose a, a, at least one round to jujitsu. He might not get submitted, but he will lose. He will be dominated, but he will pull it off in the end. I see him pulling up a split decision because sooner or later, his opponent's gonna get tired for going for the takedown. And then Tony Gravely will be able to use those hands and piece him up real good. Granted, he doesn't get submitted before that. Yeah, uh, Ed McMac. Mick Mac says, nah, second round TKO. Um, mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. here's the funny thing about Gravely, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Gravely is a fucking legit wrestler, right? There he has go. taken down, you know, he was a stud at his high school and into college, right? And then, mm-hmm. you know, took up jujitsu, and I believe he's at least a purple belt. I, I, that, I, 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 could be wrong, but that I could have swore that's what Daniel Cormier was was saying at the weigh-in show. So, mm. um, you know, and just on a side note, that is the most, uh, I mean, just laissez-faire pronunciation of Simon uh, that you get, S-A-I-M-O-N for Olvera. Uh, I think that's funny. But I, I yeah, I got, I got grave Second round KO. Okay, I'm not mad at that. Not mad at it at all. But the, the 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 Simon fella looks he looks formidable. He, he does look formidable. formidable. I just okay. So and but he, I I guess I'll put my prediction with an asterisk in the sense that Great Gravely has to get it done in the second round, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not questioning his cardio or whatever, but in terms of and this is what fascinates me, right? You know, this this fight is essentially in the bantamweight division, right? But how you get mm-hmm. to fucking bantamweight is weird, you know. Like mm-hmm. how you know whether you're like a Kendall Grove type that can just mm-hmm. make that weight cut, or you're mm-hmm. just a short, stocky fellow and whatever, mm-hmm. and built like a fucking brick shit house, you know, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is the case of Tony Gravely, right? Mm-hmm. You know, their their muscularity is completely different. Um, so I say Gravely, if he doesn't get it done in the second round, I think it's in the, in the favor of Simon. And so, uh, you know, I say, yes, second round KO by Gravely, but if it goes, if it goes into the third round, I think Simon wins it. Split decision. Yeah. Granted, Simon doesn't burn himself off first. If he burns, if he burns his, uh, forearms before, before the end, it's going to be a, a tough, long third round for him. No, hundred percent. Mick Mac says he's a phantom weight. I wish I had. I wish I was a phantom weight. That means everything that I eat doesn't go straight to my fucking thighs, and uh, you know it becomes a phantom weight. That's my interpretation of it. You might call me off, 
But uh, yeah, that's my interpretation of Phantom Weight. You being able to eat almost like the fucking ghost uncles in Casper. You remember Fatso fucking ate everything and it just yeah. came right out of him? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. a Phantom Weight. That's a Phantom <laughs> Weight. So I like it. I like it. Um, so yeah, I, I say Gravely in the second, right? KO. No and if it doesn't happen, no then it's going fucking Simon. But you have mm-hmm. Simon regardless of w- what happens. Oh, no, no. I got Gravely. Oh, you got Gravely too? I have Gravely, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Simon has a ton of experience, but I, so does Gra- Gravely. So mm-hmm. that's... That wrestling is going to be uh, a key tool for him to stay alive. That wrestling, you know? Yeah. No, 100%. 100%. So, in the 175... 175- Seventy pound division. We have the four and Pete Rodriguez, right? A Pete dead game. Rodriguez, man, he's talking a big game at four and Okay, uh, all of his fights pre UFC coming by way of the Icon Fighting Federation, uh, which can also, I believe, be found on UFC Fight Pass, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this is his UFC debut. Kind of mm-hmm. pull vaulted and didn't even have to go through the Dana White Contender Series or the Ultimate Fighter. He's just in the UFC. That's not mm-hmm. a bad deal for 4-0 fighters. We know people mm-hmm. here on uh, the regional scene here in Southern California, as well as Midwest, Florida. I mean, marquee talent is coming from every, every corner of the world. I, I'm so excited uh, for the future of MMA, but still... You know, there's still people that are 4-0 still fighting on the regional scene where Mm -hmm. Pete Rodriguez is in the, pardon the pun, but he's in the big show. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is what it is, man. It's who you know, man. It's not what you can do. It's who you know. It's or it or who you're signed with uh, in terms of your management team. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) if you know, you know. Um, And nothing against it, you know. It, it is what it is. But then we have the Aussie, Jack Della Madalena, right? Mm-hmm. And he's been stuck in Vegas for three weeks because he was supposed to fight, uh, Jesus Christ, I think it was Warley Alvarez. He was supposed yeah. to, yeah. And then they got canceled and whatever. Mm-hmm. So he was just praying that he got a fight. His prayers were answered, and he gets the undefeated Pete Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Madalena coming to us uh, from the Australian regional scene, as well as uh, the Dana White's Contender Series, which mm-hmm. he actually got a contract with a unanimous decision, which mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't really happen, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But b- prior to the D- Contender Series, he had maybe one fight with, uh, yeah, with Cage Warriors, and then the rest of his career was essentially at Eternal MMA. Eternal. A- Right, you know, it's it's wild because he loses his first two fights in his professional career, both in 2016, but then fucking goes on a tear and mm-hmm. isn't defeated since essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yes, well, he well, is. Well, he, he is. He is an Aussie. He is Aussie. Oi, oi, oi! Yeah, yeah. When when you, when you uh when you look at this, you have uh one fella who has more professional experience and the other fella who has less experience but he's undefeated but mm-hmm. a plethora of of amateur experience 
Now, one thing you know about the amateur is there is no uh, knees to the head. Significant weapon. Significant weapon. No elbows. Is there no elbows to the head as well, right? I believe Something so. like that. Well, bottom line, professional ranks has way more weapons mm -hmm. than amateur. Yeah. So, so I'm leaning towards a guy who's had more professional experience, even though they're both new to the UFC. The one that's got more experience is the guy that I'm going to lean towards. And I like the way he fights anyway. So Jack Della Ma Madalena, that's my guy. That's my guy. I agree. Yeah. Which I was going to say, uh, Jack uh, Della Reese, touched by an angel. It has the same kind of fanatics to it. Um, yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, I think that's a consensus pick. Uh, Jack uh, Della Magdalena for the win, mm -hmm. you know. And yeah. McMax says he's got to stay away from these Whoppers. I don't know if you're talking about the candy-colded uh, malt balls. Um, oh, chocolate-colored malt balls. I love those. Uh, yes. I'm like Mr. Bucket. I like Never mind. There's a whole fucking joke. Um, nope, not not even fucking gonna go there. But um, yeah, I, I think that's a consensus pick. So I guess we're moving on. We're moving mm -hmm. on and getting not older. Uh, but if you wanted to see one former deep bantamweight champion uh, compete in the UFC, well, by George, you have your chance because we have mm -hmm. the former deep the former lights out extreme fighting bantamweight champion victor lamangosa henry mm -hmm. going against mm -hmm. former former i believe it's um it was a japanese promotion as well where he's a bantamweight mm -hmm. champion uh yeah. da, 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 rising shuto it was shuto it was rising okay it was shuto so we have the shuto bantamweight champion Against the deep bantamweight champion, two of the best uh, Japanese promotions, especially for the lower weight classes, and this is almost a dream match. If you're a fan of Japanese MMA, we have two mm -hmm. former champions of two of the most prominent post Pride uh, MMA promotions, and they're doing battle pretty. I mean, pretty high up on the card, especially mm -hmm. for Victor Henry, obviously. Uh, he, you know, he's known to us, right, here in the Southern California region. Uh, he is a disciple, a uh, protege of the War Master Bar Josh Barnett out of the UWF USA team, right? Um, but, I mean, he's fought everywhere. He, he's mm -hmm. fought everywhere, uh, kind of done it all, you know. But this is a tough, tough customer in the Brazilian of Raon mm -hmm. Haoni Barcelos. Mm -hmm. Barcelos mm -hmm. is 16 and 2. The last time that we saw uh Hayoni is a majority decision to Tamir Baliev, but then he he fucking uh you beat it, and it's weird. It says unanimous decision uh in the fight with Khalid Taha, mm -hmm. but there is I mean the the damage that he put on uh Khalid, you know. He's very capable, very capable. Mm -hmm. This one, I'm definitely going with Victor Henry. Victor Henry, uh, in, in been able to interview him uh, several times. He's been on the podcast, what have you. So there's no way that I'm going to pick, pick, 
pick against him, but mm -hmm. I think this would be one of my candidates for fight of the night. Yes, yes, yes. I agree. I agree with you. Uh, the weight class, they're very light, which means it's there's going to be a lot of speed. A lot of speed. Uh, one thing that we know about Victor Henry is he's got great cardio. He keeps bringing the pressure. That's his, that's his key to success. Pressure, pressure, pressure. He's one of those guys. Uh, Honey Barcelos, uh he's good he's good too he's good too this is why this i am in agreement with you this is potentially the first possible fight of the night candidate uh either way victor henry by any means necessary yeah no i i'm i'm right there so you're not gonna get me to pick against victor um you know he's been great much like vanessa demopoulos you know, earlier on the card, been nothing but stellar, you know, and you could call it nepotism if you want to or whatever, but mm -hmm. hell, hey, you want me to pick, you want me to pick you on the fight? Fucking come on the podcast is what I'm saying. Yeah, so that's yeah. every fighter out there, uh, every pro wrestler, whatever, you know, uh, there's a big GCW show at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York on Sunday. Um, mm. So, hey, again, GCW. ECW, ECW. Mm. ECW, well, GCW, it's danger, but yeah, yeah. Uh, ECW was using that that Hammerstein ballroom. As was them, as so. as was the uh, the WWF back in the day, mm -hmm. or the, right. the, oh no, That's I'm right. sorry, they used the Manhattan Center. And from I've never been to New York, but from what people tell me, the Manhattan Center and the Hammerstein ballroom are actually mm -hmm. in the same complex. They just on different mm -hmm. levels. That's mm -hmm. weird that a whole fucking ballroom can yeah. be. Right on top of each other. It's wild, but I don't understand New York. You wild motherfuckers, you. Good job. Good job. Um, yeah, so I, that's what I'm saying. It's like that Bantamweight title fight. I mean, to me, it's a Bantamweight title fight, right? Victor Henry winning the lights up, uh, you know, uh, Bantamweight championship uh, in his ascension to the UFC, as well as the deep uh, Bantamweight championship, right? And Hione, uh essentially becoming the Shuto Bantamweight champion in his career, I, I, I'd say this is a battle of all the belts, even though they're not going to really display him in the UFC, but this is a battle mm -hmm. of the belts. But uh, Victor Lamagosa, Henry, mm -hmm. is my pick. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, man. So uh, you said go, right? So we are at the main card. All of those are mm -hmm. prelims, so you can mm -hmm. find that live and free assuming that you have an ESPN plus membership. Uh, mm -hmm. So go ahead and uh, re-up and whatever. That's an incredible six fights right off the bat. But this is the paid version of the card, and it gets kicked off by a perfect 12-0 Michael Morales, right? Mm -hmm. Michael Morales uh, comes to us from Ecuador, right? He is mm -hmm. you know, pretty known, you know, and he has made his career – all of those 12 fights, uh, they've come by way of promotions such as Emma, UWC, Dana White's Contender Series, uh, Tronco, FFC, Manaba, Top Team 2, and mm -hmm. Basahe, Combat mm -hmm. uh, 1. So all throughout mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, the Latin American regional scene, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. goes to the Contender Series states his dominance and anybody that says oh he doesn't face big competition well guess what these are fights on dana white's contender series right 
that are handpicked by the boss himself. So mm -hmm. I'm just saying. And he did the same thing that he was doing to people in Latin America, left, right, and center. So, uh, but he's in there with the tough Trevin Giles. Trevin, the problem, uh, uh, Giles, is essentially mm -hmm. a problem for everyone who steps mm -hmm. into the cage with him. Right now, he did, I uh, you know, lose his uh, his UFC debut. Not the, I'm sorry, his last UFC fight against mm -hmm. uh, Drekus de Plusisis, the South African. Yeah, that guy, right? Mm -hmm. Drakus, Drakus, mm -hmm. right? But um, you know, prior to that, he beat James Krause at, at on the undercard of the John Jones Dominic Reyes fight in Abu Dhabi, right? Mm -hmm. Um. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's been he's been in there since uh, 2017, and the in there mm -hmm. I'm speaking of is the UFC, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, this one is another fucking toss up, man. Mm -hmm. This this could go either way, but I'm going yeah. with experience. I'm going with Trevin Giles. Um, mm -hmm. That's a nice little asterisk to take the, you know, the the streak away from Michael Morales, right? It's an mm -hmm. uncrowned. Mm -hmm you know, championship within itself, right? If you mm -hmm. kind of rate your MMA that way. I do, apparently, mm -hmm. uh, for those who don't know. So what say you, Voodoo? Uh, this is my second uh, candidate for fight of the night. Agreed. The, the young Morales is going to bring it because he wants to impress. This is his first fight. One, he's showing up to the UFC on his first fight. Two, He's in a pay-per-view? Are you serious? On a Francis Ngannou pay-per-view? So you know he's going to be showing out. He's going to bring his A-game, and he's going to bring the fight to his opponent, Trevin Giles. Giles is a UFC veteran. He's been in the UFC since maybe 2016 or something like that. However, the boy is undefeated for a reason. He's undefeated for a reason. Um, I'll flip you a coin. And I'll take Michael Morales in this one. Okay, I got, I got Giles, uh, and you said you know he's the the boy has worked up to this point. I like it. So are you saying like uh, oh 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 oh? Let's hear it for the boy. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> let's hear it for the boy. <laughs> there you go. So uh, nice little '80s reference there. So yeah, we're split here. I got Giles. He's got Morales. Um, we'll see what happens come Saturday. That, that's it's nice to have a little bit of stakes, you know. As yeah. I mean, literal stakes, right? I might be having literal stakes as I'm watching this, but I have a, a skin in the game in terms of uh, you know, picking somebody and then watching them win. So I, I like it, I like it. So, uh, th this is a split for us here. Uh, no but we have no relation. To Habib Nurmagomedov, but in the bantamweight division, we have Said uh, Nurmagomedov mm -hmm. against the the Spartan. He was the starman mm -hmm. for quite a bit, and now he's the Spartan. But Cody mm -hmm. Stamen, right? Uh, Cody Stamen, uh, nineteen four and one, right? It wins over Brian Caraway, Car uh, Tom Dukanoy, Tyrion Flashware. Uh, you know, Alejandro Perez lost to Aljamain Sterling at a draw mm -hmm. with Song Yadong. 
beat Brian Kelleher, mm-hmm. which we just who we just saw last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, lose, mm-hmm. Losses to Jimmy Rivera and Marab the Machine Dava Lishvili, right? Mm-hmm. So here mm-hmm. he is, um, just trying to do his thing, but hits a juggernaut that he is he's got right in front of him. Said Nurmagomedov mm-hmm. is a fourteen and two, right? He's got KO power. He's got grappling, right? He's Dagestani, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. he's got he's got grappling prowess, right? He's got a mm-hmm. uh, armbar in Valituda Russia three. God, mm-hmm. to do Valituda mm-hmm. like the Brazilian mm-hmm. Valituda in Russia, right? <laughs> As a fucking Dagestani, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, and beat one of your own in Z- Zahey Lube. Uh, mm-hmm. Zolinov, right? So that's he, he's a total package. Uh, yep. not like Lex Luger, but kind of like Lex Luger. <laughs> so I'm going to say, I, I mean, I'm sorry, I should uh talk about his, the <laughs> I'm sorry, the opponent. Oh, we did talk about Cody Stamen, we did okay. talk about it, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So I'm going with Saeed Nurmagomedov. I can flip your coin here, I'll go Cody. Really? It's, it's not. Yeah, it's not going to be an exciting matchup. It's going to be a whole bunch of wrestling. You know what I mean? It's going to be boring. It's going to be a bunch of wrestling. Even though wrestling is an intricate, technical, and necessary part of the game, it's not going to be exciting. Um, it is what it is. I don't mm. see a knockout. Um, if anybody gets a submission... Perhaps Saeed will get the submission, but I don't see a finish here. I see some kind of decision. Wow. What a way to sell the fight, Voodoo. That's amazing. All right. <laughs> and uh, Mick Max says the ballroom of the Hammerson and the Manhattan Center is bigger than Fuji. Fuji? Um, Mount Fuji? Like in Japan? Or the WOW Women's Wrestler? Yeah, or the glow. It, it wasn't wow, it was the glow, right? That's Mount Fu- Mount Fuji. Or or was it Mount Fuji? I don't know. But I'm from Fiji. Mount Fuji yeah. is massive. I've been there. It okay. is massive. Massive. <laughs> yeah. Which uh speaking of massive, a guy that you've been a massive proponent of is one Michel Piera, right? 26 yeah. and 11 of the Brazilian here, uh, trading with uh, the current uh, reigning and defending UFC light heavyweight champion, one uh, Jesus Christ, Glover Teixeira, right? That's who Michel is essentially training with uh, all the way out there and somewhere in, I want to say like Delaware or Somewhere cold. Somewhere I don't think I'm going to go ever. Uh, but but he's out there. He's out there. Uh, wins over Nico Price, uh, Chaos Williams, Zalim Emadeev, right? Mm-hmm. But lost to mm-hmm. Diego Sanchez uh, mm-hmm. because he hit that fucking illegal knee on uh, down uh, Diego Sanchez, right? And we had to hear more of fucking Josh Fabia. Good God. Uh mm-hmm. So on the other side of the docket, we have Andre Filho, all right, the Portuguese man of war. That's not his name. I just, 
<laughs> called him like fucking Aldo Mentalia from fucking WWF back in the day. But he's a veteran of ex-MMA. We fought former UFC alumnus James Vick. Uh, mm-hmm. Wins over San Hun Yu at UAE Warriors. And Lincoln Plug at the same promotion, right? Uh, yeah, Lincoln Plug. Yeah, there's a joke in there somewhere. He's got a leaky plug. Why don't you plug it? Jesus Christ. Uh, see, you brought it out of me, Voodoo. Jesus. I was trying to be all civil. Civil. Jesus. He's got a leaky plug. Hey, Fucking man. Up. Uh, I, I think Michael Pereira, as uh, he's been listening to all the commentary, and uh, he's so. making those he's making those adjustments. He understands that his ticket to the dance is his theatrics, the backflips, and all that. So he does that, but he's learned to minimize it and not waste energy in fights that 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 that, that mean something. So I'm going to go with Michael Pereira because he does have dynamic striking. Uh, as long as he stays content and controls his emotions and not get stupid with it, he should win this one quite easily. Yeah, he's going to be taking it easy. I've got Michelle Pereira. I, I, I like people who do weird shit. You know, I mean, mm. sad from the fucking guy in LFA that fucking knocked that guy out. Uh, and then did a backflip off of his fucking prone body. That's not cool. That's that's not cool. But uh, <laughs> other fucking weird shit. That's what, what I liked about Lando Venata or fucking Yari Rodriguez or what have you. Just like weird, unorthodox striking and shit. Yeah. Like that. So, the future. And that, right. And that's what that's what Piera brings. So I, too, am going with Piera. Mm-hmm. And I, I want him to one of those weird ass cartwheel kicks and shit, like to knock a motherfucker out. I mm-hmm. like that. That would make me so happy. Now it might not look, mm-hmm. not make the family of Andre Filio uh, mm-hmm. happy, but I'm just saying, it's just like those feats. You know, it's just like watching those fucking uh, Nathan's hot dog fucking competitions or those people, you know, the strongman competitions. You know, having that mm-hmm. fucking big ass boulder and they're fucking putting it mm-hmm. on something it's just mm-hmm. shit you don't think you're gonna fucking see and when it happens mm-hmm. you're like oh shit so that that is essentially the gimmick of Michel Piera so I'm going with Piera as his voodoo mm-hmm. yep 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 uh oh Mick Mac just says Fiji I, I say Fiji too oh, okay. yay okay. Fiji <laughs> fuck yeah right up and Nigeria as well Right? Yeah. Hell yes. Uh, but Big Mac says, now, don't be sad because there are two out of three out fights of three. ain't bad. Now, don't be sad because two out of three ain't bad. There's a song. Yes. Yeah. There two out of three ain't bad. There ain't you bad go. at all. Yeah, especially if you half. read it twice. <laughs> if you put it a third time, I would still read two out of three, but I get what he's doing. But we are at the co-main events of the evening. We have former UFC flyweight champion Deuce de Guerra, Davidson Federado, right? Who sports a 20 and 2 and 1 
record against the assassin baby, everybody's mm-hmm. favorite, Brandon mm-hmm. Moreno. Um, mm-hmm. Well, everybody except for obviously David Davidson Federero, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the the uh, Amazonian fucking village that Federero goes, you know, comes from the fight ready camp that uh, Eric Alcibon and uh, Henry Cejudo fucking call home. Right? They mm-hmm. they don't think mm-hmm. that. They don't love Brandon Moreno the way that the rest of us do, but that's all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually got a little bit of heat on Davidson Federino because uh, I, I believe it was Lego presented uh, Brandon Moreno uh, with a replica. A Lego belt? Uh, yes, essentially Lego belt, right? And I showed my kid, and my kid who's a Lego head, a brick builder, since he was like in diapers, was like, oh, that's cool. The, like, by kid that doesn't necessarily watch MMA, but he saw that mm. and it was like cool, right? Mm. And that weird ass Eric Alcibon with the weird fucking hair and the eyeglasses and the fucking he's just a weirdo to me, that guy. Mm-hmm. Um he's just cringy, right? As a little short guy. Yeah. Yeah, and he makes everybody else cringy around her, you know. <laughs> Henry Ciudo cringy. The fucking mm-hmm. Figueredo cringy. Uh, mm-hmm. Pitbull fucking cringy, right? It was just weird. Uh, mm-hmm. So, David, I mean, uh, Alcibod, uh, at a, I think it was episode two of UFC Embedded, David Figueredo wanted to go shoot guns. They went to Scottsdale, shot guns, but as the target practice, it was a shitty version of Brandon Moreno's UFC <laughs> belt, and they shot it. <laughs> and I was just like, you know what? <laughs> I mean, you're you're making yourself out to be a heel. I get it, right? Or whether you know get it or not, but like, this is a guy that was crying about, you know, why he wasn't getting what he felt he was paid for, you know, doing an immediate turnaround, right, and fighting mm-hmm. in one of the quickest turnarounds in UFC history without getting mm-hmm. a fucking fight of the night bonus, right? Mm-hmm. And Dana mm-hmm. presenting him. You know that 50 G's in cash yep. in a fucking yep. Tiffany's bag or whatever, right? Yep. But if you do mm-hmm. shit like this, right? Think about kids who are watching, kids that are like, oh man, yeah, that might not watch UFC, but because Brad Moreno co- collects Funko Pops and he he builds Legos and shit, like, oh, I'm gonna watch my fucking UFC, right? Or I'm gonna take up jujitsu, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's an incredible, indelible mark that you're leaving on the world. You're leaving. The world a little bit better, right? And and bringing in an audience that normally wouldn't be there, right? And what does David Federer do? Fucking plays into every stereotype that people have about fucking <laughs> MMA fighters, right? They're violent. They're fucking, you know, shit for brains and whatever the fuck, and do weird shit, you know. And fucking, uh, I'm Brandon Moreno, fucking assassin baby, all the way, all the way, and Jiu Jitsu and fucking Tijuana. Shout out, man. I, I, I yeah. Brandon Moreno gets a long, long fucking title ring. Uh, that's nothing against the the aptitude of David Federico, right? Mm-hmm. Like whatever that 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 crazy at you know Amazonian fighting system that David Federico knows, right? Mm-hmm. Fuck mm-hmm. yeah, I love that the tradition, right? Tradition of fight, you know, especially in that region. You know how many mm-hmm. wars were won with. The, the style of fighting that Davidson Federico learned, right? That was pretty much exiled from the rest of the populace, right? So mm-hmm, I'm with it. Mm-hmm. But 
He's so fucking cringy, right? And he's teamed up with more cringy fucking people, right? And mm -hmm. there's there's a thing, right? If you're if you're trying to play the heel, the bad guy persona, right? And you're getting your heat. There's two types of heat, right? Well, actually, there's a couple types of heat. There's you know fucking cheap heat where you're like, ah, oh, this town sucks. Your fucking sports team suck. It's cheap heat, right? Anybody mm -hmm. can fucking mm -hmm. do that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, shut up, fat boy. Uh, that's not what your mom's was saying last night, right? That's sheep heat, right? And then there is the heat where you want, right? For people to pay to see you, right? What you know, whether you it's to see you because they like you, right? Because they want to cheer the bad guy, right? Or you know, they want to see you get your ass kicked, right? But then there's that third option of go away heat where you can do all this shit. Right, and try to push buttons, and nobody's fucking reacting. Everybody's no selling it. And guess what? Mm -hmm. David Davidson Federado is actually kind of fucking bordering that. In one of the mm -hmm. uh, embedded episodes, he was like, you know, he was saying something to Moreno about like, hey, you know, I'm coming to reclaim my belt, right? Uh, you know, I hope you kept it nice. And obviously, I'm paraphrasing it, but he was basically talking shit. Uh, to Brad Moreno and say Moreno has his belt, right? Mm -hmm. But he got finished one, right? He got finished by mm -hmm. Brad Moreno, right? Okay. And then he and he's talking shit, right? He's in Portuguese, right? Mm -hmm. To a Mexican, like native, like uh, you know, native uh, language Spanish speaker. Mm hmm. Like, if you really wanted to fucking talk shit, you fucking learn Spanish, bro. And just like, yo, what the fuck up, man? But it just lost yeah. a little bit of its its, its sting for me. Mm -hmm. I, I know mm -hmm. you you probably disagree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Brandon Moreno, cry, baby. Brandon Moreno, cry, baby. More fuck. <laughs> I loved every moment of it. I loved it. Love, 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 loved it. When you look at that press conference, there were four athletes, three of them belt holders. The two biggest ones are sitting there bickering like children. Oh, you hurt me. You hurt me. You hurt me. This dude is 250 pounds. You hurt me. You hurt me. That's a lie. That's a lie. I, I knocked you out. That's a lie. It was pathetic. And then Brandy Moreno, what's he doing? <laughs> what's he talking about? Some nonsense. What the hell is that? We brought all these people from around the world, and that's the best you can do? What was that? Davidson Sip Figueroa single-handedly saved that event. He saved the event by doing what he did. He initiated by speaking English. Oh my goodness. Jackpot. Somebody is trying. Somebody is trying. Everybody else, what did they do? A bunch of nonsense. Arguing about some dumb stuff. Are you serious? Oh, you, you did not knock me out. You hurt me, but you did not knock me out. Did I knock you down? Uh, da, da, da. Stupid. 
Stupid. Moreno, what were you doing? What were you thinking? What was that nonsense? Can't you can't decide if you're gonna speak English or speak Spanish? What the hell? Like, get your head together, man. We're here to make money. Not just fight. We're here to make money. Get your act right. Figueredo threw him an alley oop. And he couldn't even lay it up. He should have dunked it. But he didn't even lay it up. Like, like, clearly we know Figueredo is playing a character. Doesn't take a genius to know that he's playing a character. (laughs) Go with it, man. Go with it and sell this pay-per-view. Sell the pay-per-view. Both of you will gain from this. It's like, it's like I see uh, Triple H and I'm like, hey man, your name is Paul Levesque. <laughs> your name is Paul Levesque. Duh, we know his name is Paul Levesque. Go with the scenario. I mean, you don't go to Disneyland and be like, oh, uh, that night show is fake. That night show is fake. Dude, use your imagination. Come on. That's why these dudes don't get paid. You have an opportunity. You're in front of the world. All the mics are in front of you. And you want to argue with Figueredo about his character? If his character is real or not? Uh, I want Figueredo to smash this dude just for being stupid. I mean, I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. Uh, <laughs> I, I want a severe knockout. A severe knockout. knockout. Jesus severe. Christ. Jesus. There will be a fourth fight. Hey, um, I mean, I know he's trying to be the God of War, but doesn't fucking figure it out? Remind you of Megamind, the cartoon, the big ass head? <laughs> a, like, I don't know how Moreno could miss that big ass head. You know? Uh, well, and, in uh, all reality, though, in all reality, this match, because they know each other so well, yeah. I saw Figueredo go out there and do something different. Yeah, He's been in Arizona for four months now. He's sacrificing. Anything worth having requires sacrifice, time, energy, things of that nature. He's done that. He's done something different. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... When it gets to it, when it gets to it, it's going to be mental toughness. It's not going to be some skill. It's not going to be skill. It's going to be mental toughness. I see this one going at least 23 minutes. Ooh, there you go. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. And Steven Tatum says, cheer or just say hello to the bad guy. And mm-hmm. uh, UFC as uh, needs tag team matches. Actually, there was a promotion that ran in fucking uh, Brazil. Mm-hmm. No, Russia. Why did I confuse Brazil with Russia? I fucking don't know. But <laughs> Russia, where there's a tag team uh, female match where they just beat the shit. Like, you know, one one girl got caught and then she, the other fucking team just swarmed on her ass. I was like, how the fuck is this going on? But that was the same fucking a fight where uh, uh, a rather bigger lady fought a mm-hmm. dude of skinnier mm-hmm. proportions. And right. It was, yeah, it was, it was weird. It was weird. Fuck yeah, Russia, mm-hmm. with your weird shit. You know, they had one where they were they everybody dressed up like superheroes and beat the shit out of each other. 
you know, like an American Gladiator type fucking obstacle course. Fucking Russia gets wild, dude. Yeah, good. Shout have, out. You, have, have you seen the one in the phone booth? Two dudes in the phone booth? Yes, I've seen that. I've seen that. I've seen the fucking, uh, actually, Christian, you know, of a, a, a Christian Cage or WWE's Christian, same guy. Uh, but he hosts a show where they fucking get down in the fucking Knights of the Round Table armor. You know, like, that's weird. pretty cool, too. I mean, getting beheaded isn't. You know, I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, one thing I do know is, oh, wait, wait, did you? Okay, so you've got fucking I got Figueroa. I got in the fourth. I got Moreno. I got Moreno and submission. It's going to be a finish, but submission. Okay. Knockout. Okay. I like it. I like he it. said, he said, Figueroa, you son of a bitch. I'm going to knock you out. <laughs> I guess that's the most... You know, I think that's the most uh, accurate uh, use of the foreign name pronunciation classes by Foodie for one easy payment of nine ninety nine ninety nine or four easy payments of four ninety nine. Yes, I know the holidays are tough, but look at no further than uh, Davidson Federado, former UFC flyweight champion, learning. Uh, not the fucking shit that you would learn in Rosetta Stone, but definitely some shit you would learn in Rosetta Parks. You know, that chick that you get fucking collard greens from, you might get that sticky icky. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's those are the motherfuckers that use the foreign name pronunciation classes by Voodoo, as well you should too. I am not just a, a, a spokesperson, but I also am a member. The reason why I speak so eloquently, or lack thereof, is because the foreign name pronunciation classes by Voodoo. So come get you some. There you go. But you know what? We are at the main events of the evening. We have the Frenchman, 10-0 and 0 in MMA competition, but also, I mean, every fucking combat sports initiative that this gentleman has competed and bore witness to, he has come away with the win. That guy is Bongamin Selgan, the, the UFC like interim fucking heavyweight champion, but he is in there with the Cameroonian born 16 and three Francis Nanganu, the mm -hmm. predator. Right mm -hmm. now, I'm gonna go on a rant here, folks. Sorry, sorry, Let's guys. Let's go. But this one, I want fucking Francis to win more than anything because guess what? Francis Nanganu is essentially the fucking monster. That Dana White created, right? Mm -hmm. Right? He created the fucking monster, right? Filled his mm -hmm. head up. Francis, move out to Vegas. We got you. You got the UFC Performance Institute. We'll hook you up with all the fucking best trainers and whatever. Mm -hmm. And he loses mm -hmm. to fucking Stipe. The they feed him to fucking Stipe, right? Knowing that he mm -hmm. was probably going to get outclassed. That's what happened. He goes to mm -hmm. this whole long fucking self-discovery he doesn't know if he wants to fucking fight again blah 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 whatever the fuck right and he gets out of it he gets mm -hmm. out of it and strings together wins and then gets another fight with fucking Stipe Miocic and what does he do exactly right so now the fact that we're here right and UFC says that Francis Ngannou doesn't want uh, his management team 
doesn't want to play ball, right? That's why they wanted, I mean, they essentially wanted fucking Derek Lewis to take Francis Ngannou's head off, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they wanted, you know, Derek Lewis to be adorned with the UFC title, right? And when Francis mm-hmm. couldn't do it, what did they do? They do a fucking, you know, a fucking interim title fight, right? To hopefully get, you know, this is Dana White's version of Hogan must pose. If you know wrestling lore, especially during the early days of WrestleMania or any pay-per-view, right? When Hogan was bigger than shit, right? Mm-hmm. You you had the spot at the end of the show where Hogan must pose, right? So mm-hmm. Dana White's Hogan must pose, right? To get in the good graces of um, Jesus Christ. What's the, the governor there? Uh, Greg Abbott, right? I believe, okay. right? For letting him, you know, no COVID restrictions, whatever, 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 mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, and get in the good <coughs> there. He wanted to reward, you know, uh, and exalt uh, uh, fucking Derek Lewis as maybe an heir apparent or close. Nothing will be as good as Connor, right? But something to the elk of maybe a Brock Lesnar or Connor because Derek Lewis can fucking talk where mm-hmm. Brock didn't wasn't able to, right? So they wanted a fucking deal in history, Houston where Derek Lewis came away with the title, right? So they book a fucking interim championship because supposedly fucking Francis's group, management group, didn't want to play ball, right? Mm-hmm. But when you look at the circumstances, right? He was flying home for a procedure and all that shit and, you know, and the time allotted to have a full fight camp, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't going to happen. He wasn't going to be peak Francis. He just wanted the fucking shit to be pushed back, you know, to a later date, right? Mm-hmm. But fucking mm-hmm. UFC got fucking, you know, gun happy and shit like that and pulled the trigger. And here's what we have here, right? And I think this is the, the fight that I'm not going to say, and this is no disrespect to Gon, right? But this is the fight that nobody wants to see, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you filthy casuals. Absolutely. But if you're like, oh, fucking UFC heavyweight, everybody's going to be like, oh, where's the balls is out guy? Where's the Popeye's chicken guy? And he, neither one of them, right? But then you have one half, right, of this, this title fight, the lineal champion in this scenario is the guy that, you know, Joe Rogan says on his podcast is even scarier than fucking Tyson. And I believe Tyson has even said it himself. That Francis Ngannou is something completely fucking different, right? Mm-hmm. But here we go. Apparently, you know, Dana White and the rest of the UFC brass are making it out to be Francis Ngannou and his team as not mm-hmm. being, you know, not not playing well, right, with others. Mm-hmm. But what it is is the fucking guy that UFC, I mean, uh, that Francis Ngannou, the reigning UFC heavyweight champion, has in his management enclave used to fucking work for the UFC. And Dana mm-hmm. White is calling him like a fraud, doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. He worked for you for An damn idiot. near a decade. Mm-hmm. He couldn't be dog shit if, he, if mm-hmm. you kept him on the fucking payroll. Now, whether Dana White knew this guy existed or whatever, I mean, does, does fucking Bill Gates know everybody that works at Microsoft? Does fucking Elon Musk, you know, know everybody that works at every fucking Tesla factory? No, we're not saying that. We're not saying that at all. But again, this is somebody who knows the UFC's practices that saw the fucking 
antitrust lawsuit come and go, mm-hmm. and maybe still mm-hmm. ongoing. He knows mm-hmm. the tricks of the trade. So it's not a an insider. He's an insider, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And here we go. This is crazy because this is the last fight on Francis Ngannou's fucking contract, right? So he can come away and be in a, a situation where he, he's out in the open market as the reigning UFC champion. But guess mm-hmm. what? That actually cannot happen, right? Mm-hmm. Because they have an automatic fucking rollover clause for a champion. Mm-hmm. They basically mm-hmm. say you're fi- you're bound by three fights or a a year, a full calendar mm-hmm. year, right? If you're champion, a, and the thing about it, the asterisk is on whichever one is longer. So let's say mm-hmm. if Francis fucking get you know. Beats gone tomorrow night, right? And then has two fights in two weeks, and then mm-hmm. a th- third fight the next month, right? He's mm-hmm. still bound because it's a year, right? He can get three fights, right? And it's whatever's longer, so he can fucking mm-hmm. you draw that thing out, so it, it lessens the credibility. And they'll have all in the interim, they'll have all the interim fucking titles you know, being defended and whatever the fuck and strip Francis, whatever. At the same time, he's still under fucking contract. This is rage against the machine, right? Mm-hmm. I want Francis to win so bad because he is somebody, again, that the UFC created, saw value in, but supposedly they don't anymore. The, mm-hmm. You know, going to the guy who's managing him, right? He worked for fucking Dana White. Knows all the fucking shit. Worked for the UFC. It, at their offices in Vegas. He knows the tricks and the trades and fucking beating them at the pass. And also, right, this is creative art. Um, the, the Francis is managed by uh, CAA, the Creative Artist Industry, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a mm-hmm. big fucking talent agency, right? But guess who the UFC is owned by? WME Endeavor, another big fucking Hollywood talent agency. This is a battle of the juggernauts. This is not mm-hmm. just about the fight, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and that's this is not even getting into the fact that Gan and Ninganu train together, right? Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. so many layers, so many fucking layers, right? And to me, and it might mean nothing come Sunday morning or late Saturday night where we're deep in libation and whatever. It might mean nothing, right? But for me, again, this is... Like, you created me. Francis Francis saying, you created me. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to give me my just due? Fuck you, man. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. This is Francis Ngannou. This is his management team's rage against the machine. And I would love to see it happen. This has nothing to do with Cyril Gaon, right? Do mm-hmm. I find Cyril Gaon fucking cringy? Absolutely. Man, he's just not a likable cat. And I don't know if it's the, again, you know, the French... Je ne sais quoi, or whatever. It's there's just something in me, like I, you know, I feel, you know, about Francis. Like uh, there's there's a tenderness about Francis, as it is, you know, with uh, Amanda Nunes, right? Mm-hmm. There's a tenderness. You don't even have to know who they are. You know, you you hear them talk or whatever. You just absolutely love them. They seem so mm-hmm. genuine, so salt of the earth. You know. I want Francis to win. I want and I want Francis to win like absolutely in stellar fashion. 
now I'm going to. I don't think it's. I think I don't think it's too secretive, right? But uh, Clayton Jack or uh, Cal Jack, the Grizzly Cal Jack, former NXT mm-hmm. notable, uh, mm-hmm. whose dad actually has wins over Dan Severn, Don Fry, uh, shit, Randy Couture, right? Well, yeah, that dude, son, is who Francis brought in to help him out with the training cap, with the wrestling and whatever. This is a guy who, at Josh Bonnet's Bloodsport, you know, during the pandemic, Bloodsport, if you guys don't know what it is, check it out. It's a GCW production, right? But Cal Jack in a no-rope ring, right, in a fucking warehouse, right, the only thing that you could do to win is either pin or submission. So for uh, not, I'm sorry, not pin, KOs of submission. So for Caljack's KO, he fucking grill press, press slams a motherfucker and throws them against a fucking brick wall. I shit you not. And that's the guy that fucking Francis Ngannou brought in to help with his wrestling against mm-hmm. Cyril Gon. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, this is a. You're going to see a version of Francis Ngannou that is that you've never seen before. You didn't think it was capable of. Again, you know his power. You know Mm -hmm. the the salt mines and fuck it. You know Mm -hmm. all of this shit. But I think we're going to see Francis grapple. You're going to, and again, with that power and um, Mm -hmm. stopping a takedown. I, I'm not at all convinced. I'm, I'm absolutely convinced that if fucking. You know, if he just does a fucking snap as Gon tries to fucking take him down and he just fucking snaps and thwarts a fucking takedown, we might see fucking Gon's fucking legs implode because he's carrying mm-hmm. both of their fucking weights. Mm-hmm. This is the best Francis Ngannou that you're going to see, right? But, again, just a little bit of angst, a little bit of anarchy. This is almost like fucking CM Punk Walking out with the WWF title in Chicago after that match with Cena, and he was a free agent after the Potbine promo. This is it, man. Fuck yeah, man. I'm riding with Francis. Yeah. Um, this fight um, has been the 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 road to this fight has been one that really irked me. This coach, Ferdinand whatever. Very good coach. I mean, two of his guys have made it to the top, the very peak of the spear, tip of the spear, and now they're fighting each other. But Francis had one thing to say about this coach. He wants the spotlight. He wants to shine. And he's like, yo, if you want to shine, man, throw them gloves on, get up in them and, and, and earn it yourself. You know what I'm saying? Why you got to shine off of me? You know, I get it. I get it. Same as Ali Abdulaziz. Shining off for the fighters. I, Your homeboy. I hate that. So, yeah, yeah, right? I can't stand that. Like, stay in your place, man. You a coach. Stay in a coach's place. You know what I mean? Like, do you remember? I mean, the guy got more interviews than Cyril gone. You know what I mean? Francis is like, yo, man. First of all, I'm not getting the attention 
that I need to be where I need to be, you know? So, you know what? I'm just going to go where people can focus on me 100%. I'm not mad at them for doing that. I'm not mad at them for leaving friends. Not at all. When TJ Dillashaw left the uh, Team Alpha Male, I was not mad at him. Because when you get in that cage, it's you versus someone who's trying to take you out. You got to do the best possible thing for you to survive in that cage. And if it means leaving MMA factory or whatever it's called, so be it. Be happy for the dude, man. Be happy for him. This dude was hellbound on bringing down his own countrymen. He was hellbound on bringing down his own countrymen. Who does that? I mean, you helped build this house. Now, because the house is not going to belong to you anymore, you want to tear it down? Come on, man. Come on. What kind of coach does that? But then you have the serial gone fellow who is an absolute beast, stallion of a man. I mean, the footwork we've never seen before in the heavyweight division. The lightness on his feet, the snapping of the kicks, snapping of the punches. An anomaly. An anomaly. Never seen, we've never seen anything like this before. He's a yes man. And I have a problem with that. He just does what that coach says. I mean, you're a grown man now. I understand this is your lead. I get it. But he could have distanced himself from this nonsense, all this drama, you know? I mean, the coach is getting, he's getting what he wants now. He, he, he's getting TV time, but at what cost? At what cost? You know, um, it's, 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 it's a sad situation, sad situation. The focus should be on Cyril Gone, not his coach. Cyril Gaughan's the one that's going to get in there and fight. Why is a coach in all the interviews? It's very strange to me. And, and this is the space that Francis Ngannou didn't want to be in. So he left. But the coach is so good, he was able to bring another champion up to this level. See, he's trying too hard. His skill as a coach should be what brings him to the table, not forcing his guys to push him to the spotlight, which is what he's doing. He's forcing these guys, because he's their coach, he's forcing them to, to, to push him to the cameras. And, and, and enough of Ferdinand, whatever his name is, Ferdinand, whatever, enough of him. Now let's focus on this match. Francis Ngannou. Freak athlete, another anomaly. We've never seen power like this ever, ever in boxing, whatever. We've never seen power like this before. Man comes from the sand mines of Cameroon. He, he, he's a special human being. But then on the other side, we have Cyril Gaughan. Dynamic striking at his finest. Dynamic striking from a from a heavyweight fighter that moves like a young lightweight. Very, very hard to put this together. The footwork, the dexterity, 
the 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 IQ, the IQ. He's he's put it all together in such a little time, and it's showing because now he's challenging for the title, and he is the interim champion. So now we must unify this title. One is fighting for the honor of this gym. The other is fighting for the future of all fighters. Francis Ngannou's battle this weekend is against the corporation. If he wins, he puts power in the hands of all you fighters, even Cyril Gunn. Cyril Gunn is a yes man. If the UFC says you're gonna get 300,000, he'll be okay, okay. He's that guy. He will not challenge the system like Francis is. He won't. He won't. It's in his nature. He's soft. He's very good, but he's soft here. Here. Skill-wise, top of the line. Probably the best you've ever seen. Probably the best you've ever seen. But if Francis wins this fight, this is this is good for the future of fighting. And I'm also banking on Francis to win this fight because when he does, he's going to grant everyone else an opportunity to challenge for a better contract. Yes, I signed this contract in the beginning. But look at my output. Look at my performance. I should be compensated now. Though I signed a contract, that says I'm supposed to get, let's say, for example, 200. But my performance is worthy of 1 million. I shouldn't be getting 200. Francis is kicking down that door, breaking that glass ceiling. This is what he's facing come Saturday. Cyril Gone is not his match. Yes, Cyril Gone is a physical representation of the hill he has to climb. But if he ascends his hill, and he gets to the very top, this is going to benefit all you fighters. All you fighters will benefit from this. You know? Um, it's a tough match. It's a tough match for him. But I believe he will win. I believe his time is now, and he will make that connection necessary to shut down his opponent, even though his opponent is the better striker, better mover, all advantages goes to his opponent with the exception of this. Francis Ngannou's life is the edge that he needs. To win, he's going to have to walk through fire like Calvin Cater did last week. He's going to have to walk through fire, take a beating, but he will endure because his tour of, 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 what's that? Uh... Uh, country, Northern Africa, Morocco. His tour of Morocco was harder than anything he was going to see in the octagon. Harder than anything he's going to see in the octagon. Crossing the ocean, harder than anything he's going to see in the octagon. He will survive and he will do what he has to do to win this match. I also go for Francis Ngannou. Knockout. Third round. Absolutely. And 
you know, uh, fucking Cyril gone, you do the whatever, Bungami, whatever the fuck. You can say that all the way to the fucking locker room when your your fucking you know uh, gym bag is a little bit lighter because it's two fucking championships that the the predator fucking took from you, right? Um, in the words of Dusty Rhodes, this is bigger than the UFC. This is bigger than just one fight, right? Mm -hmm. This can send, if done right, reverberations through the entire entire MMA landscape. Uh, and, and enact some real change. Mm -hmm. To quote the late, great Dusty Rhodes, the American dream, right, which I believe both uh, Francis Ngannou and Cyril Ghosn are both, even though they come from Cameroon and France, respectively, but these two are riding on the edge of a lightning boat, baby. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, That's right. that'll be some extra greenbacks, some extra zeros mm -hmm. on the mm -hmm. on one side or the other of the decimal mm -hmm. point when they come to mm -hmm. signing the contract, male, male, female, what have you, right? Mm -hmm. This enacts mm -hmm. positive change. Um, mm -hmm. And you know what? Again, this is a perfect scenario. Naganu is a fucking UFC creation, right? Mm -hmm. And you have representing him somebody that worked in the inner sanctum of the UFC and then backed by a rival fucking talent agency Mm -hmm. than the UFC's parent company. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This, again, it's bigger than just one fight. And mm -hmm. I hope we look back on this, not just the fight, but what, you know, it's when Ali, you know, uh, enacted the Ali Act that essentially mm -hmm. ended up having, mm -hmm. you know, uh, giving Connor illegal recourse to pursue mm -hmm. the money fight with Floyd Mayweather, right? Mm -hmm. That's what kind of helped Brock in his situation with WWE. Right, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I hope we look back at this and Francis Ngannou, in terms of enacting positive change, right, in the landscape of MMA, right, to almost the effect of I'm not saying he'll be the next Ali, there, there can never be another Ali, right? That, that's it. But if we get somebody that again is enacting positive change and creating value. In, in his fellow man and fellow fighter, mm -hmm. shit mm -hmm. me, man. He's in that conversation. I'm all for it. He's all I'm in that conversation. It. And we need that. We need we need disruptors, right? Because mm -hmm. nobody got anything for playing it safe. What, you know, mm -hmm. Francis is living in Vegas now, right? Well, mm -hmm. he probably figured it out, right? Because he's betting all of his chips on himself, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That's a pretty fucking wild position to be in. And then you have somebody who used to be your teammate who also knows all your moves, theoretically, mm -hmm. right? It's just, mm -hmm. This is a perfect scenario. This is one of the, the biggest fights ever, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and also, yeah, I, I mean, the way that I feel about this, I've never felt, this is licking emotions in me that I didn't, you might have seen in a, a well curated storyline in the WWE or New mm -hmm. Japan or you know a, a fucking Oscar winning movie, right? I've never really felt it. I know, oh, this dude's gonna kick this person's ass or this gal is whatever, Rhonda, whatever. This feels fucking different, and mm -hmm. I like it. I like it, and I hope. You know what? What is the adage? You like it, you love it, you want some more of it. So mm -hmm. we, I hope mm -hmm. we get. 
I hope that everyone on this card or whatever, um, the fighters, you know, in every promotion, look at this and, and do it. And you know what? I'd like to fucking see Francis take, you know, a lion's share of his purse and fucking buy some Endeavor stock and then buy some mm -hmm. fucking Viacom stock with Bellator's parent company. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. they have to listen to him then because he's a shareholder, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. oh, fucking crazy times, man. But I can't wait to fucking be here Sunday afternoon, yep. right? Yep. And fucking divulge all of the happenings all the sights and sound of UFC 270 and uh, what ended up coming. But before we mm -hmm. go, Voodoo, where can they find you on social media? Definitely on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook page, uh, Twitter, and Snapchat. Find me, like, share, and subscribe. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'll add you back, and uh, we can get it going. Absolutely. And I'm according to Woods pretty much everywhere. Uh, I think it's Adam K. Woods on Twitter, but if you put according to Woods, I'll come up. The Space for Radio, it'll definitely be there. Uh, thank you for everyone who joined us here in the chat and everything. Um, uh, yes, Mick Mac says we need tag team matches. And Stephanie Black says I'm out. As are we. Yes, as are we. So we will be back on Sunday at some point to divulge a more UFC 270 news here on Voodoo in the Woods.